Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. I hope this episode finds you and your loved ones healthy and happy this July 4th weekend. And good news, Abigail Cave is back on the show today. Hi, everyone. I'm back in Cheyenne from the Wyoming Republican Party Convention in Gillette, Wyoming. Abigail, that was uh, quite an event, I understand, you went to there. Yeah, do tell, Abigail. Well, I have no official comment, but it was a an interesting exercise in large gatherings <laughs> in a time of COVID. But we can share a news report for some context. Mrs. America and all the iPhones on the internet. Flash, Gillette, Wyoming. Republican Party chairman cited for assault and battery. Facts about PAX News has learned. Attendees at the state GOP convention Saturday night at Camplex had no inkling that an altercation was about to go down that would leave the Albany County chairman in need of hospitalization. Albany County Chairman Michael Pierce reportedly treated and released from Campbell County Memorial Hospital following a fistfight with the chairman of nearby Carbon County, Joey Carenti. According to Gillette PD, the two men had words inside the Wyoming Senate and then took it outside, at which point Pierce reportedly punched Carenti in the side of the head. When the brouhaha was over, and admittedly inebriated Chairman Mike Pierce was taken to the hospital to be treated for, quote, multiple injuries. Well, Abigail, it sounds like, as always, the party conventions at the state level were entertaining and exciting. Uh, as they are across the board and across the country. But it does sound like, though, some good news coming out for your candidate, Cynthia Lummis, who actually just received the endorsement from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is excellent news and I'm sure great for momentum leading into your primary in August. Uh, but also we had, uh, as you know, Julie Conway, the executive director of UPAC, on last week, and they too are uh, supporting your candidate. Yeah, we actually have a pretty good roster of support coming in. She served in the House for eight years before she came home and decided to run for Senate. So we have 22 sitting senators and a handful of House members who have also endorsed in addition to those organizations. So we're, we're sitting in a pretty good spot right now. All right, Adam, let's light this candle. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business PACs. In every episode, we recap this week's NABP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community, Michaela. Thanks, Adam. Well, as we, as I mentioned earlier, move into the July 4th weekend, we did have an exciting opportunity this week to welcome Senator Cassidy from Louisiana to talk about the facts about PACs with NABPAC on a video chat. We had a a really nice turnout, a really nice conversation. And I tell you, I mean, as a doctor, as a senator, a former congressman, he's also been at the state level in the state Senate in Louisiana. Uh, I just found that his background and insights were just really spot on. He certainly also provided some optimism about the future 
He talked a lot about his work across the aisle with uh, one of our former guests, Senator Menendez. They are both working on legislation that would help get funding at the state level and the local level, uh, as everybody's still continuing to hurt post-COVID-19. And so it was really enlightening and a little bit of hope as we move into the second half of the year. Yeah, Michaela, the Virtual Policymaker Speaker Series has not found any lull yet this summer. It has been terrific. And one of the things I like to hear from legislators, especially someone like Dr. Cassidy, is that he spent his entire career helping his community. In fact, Louisiana is doing a remarkable job helping their nonprofits. They are, from a state perspective, leaning in more than many. And at the federal level, not only is he supportive of employee-funded PACs, but he's helping other people in the caucus, in the Senate broadly, understand that COVID-19 has really peeled back some cover to, sh to show problems that need legislative fixes we've got to address in Washington, D.C. Yeah, you know, obviously very supportive of business PACs. We talked a lot about the wonderful work that the business community has been doing in communities around the country, especially in back in his home state in Louisiana. And one of the things that he did stress for the business community and how we can continue to help is really demanding further testing so that we can get this behind us and move forward and reopen the economy. It's something even Senator Menendez said, we've got to get the country healthy before we can get the economy back on track. Yeah, I have got to say, Abigail Cave, I was looking at the pictures from that convention you were at. Not a lot of mask wearers out that way, but this idea that private business, along with citizens and lawmakers, the pressure really needs to be on from every quarter to get Americans to stick with a program. Absolutely. I personally am a big fan of masks and we wear them wherever we go out here, but there's definitely some, um, some opposition, I think, especially when we're out here in Wyoming so far apart to begin with. People don't want to do it, but hopefully there's a turning point and people realize that that's the key to, to keeping us healthy and keeping us safe. And that's the key to getting us out of here faster. Yeah, well, thanks, Abigail and Adam. I think just taking a couple of steps back, you know, you mentioned this, Adam, with our Policymaker Speaker Series. For those that aren't familiar, this has really been a great opportunity for NAPAC members to not only hear from candidates from both sides of the aisle on just the current state of affairs, whether it's COVID-19, uh, the civil unrest, but also an opportunity for us as a business community to really showcase who we are and why we're important. And I'm not sure that we would have had this opportunity to have this much engagement with both senators and congressmen from both sides of the aisle. So we have a long list of candidates that all want to be on our Policymaker Speaker Series events. And so we'll be uh, announcing our next round here um, to round out our summer here very soon. All right, then, topic two. This is one for Abigail Cave. Hashtag November is coming. The Federal Election Commission, Michaela, is once again lacking the ability to do its job. They are not able to enforce campaign finance laws. Why? Because they're under strength. Caroline Hunter, Republican commissioner, hung it up last week, Michaela. 
Yeah, we we actually were anticipating this even before uh, Chair Trainer uh, was sworn in. So this didn't really come as a surprise to us, but it, it really is unfortunate. Her departure leaves the FEC with three out of six commissioners. And the FEC, as you said, needs four members to conduct its business. Uh, so the FEC, which you know, really was paralyzed for about 10 months until June 5th when President Trump's Republican nominee, Trey Trainer was sworn in as commissioner. It is expected that the president's nominee to replace Hunter, Alan Dickerson, who is currently the legal director at the Institute for Free Speech, will draw stronger opposition. Well, transparency is one of the tricks that makes our election system work, especially for employee-funded PACs, PACs of all kinds. But the transparency continues, the reporting continues, but for areas where action needs to be taken, it just can't happen. Those deadlines, quarterly deadlines, raising all of the things that are going out there in the field, Abigail, that's on the minds of candidates. And yet back home at FEC, there's like no one minding the store. Right. And there's our field of technologies constantly changing and there's such uh unsureness about how to implement some of this. And we talked about on our legal hotline seminar last week about how can we use Venmo for contributions? We think so, but it's very unclear. And now there's, we're going to have months again before there's any sort of potential for decision on that. So at this point, we're kind of going to continue to fly blind and hope for the best. Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, the agency will once again be without a quorum. As we've mentioned, um, likely throughout the summer. And, you know, if Dickerson is nominated and confirmed by the Senate and sworn into the seat, uh, we all know that'll take some time. So uh, we do uh, look forward to potentially having a conversation with the new chair, Trey Trainer, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but until then, we'll keep everybody posted as we know more. So, Michaela, it, it seems to me that in an era where work from home is the norm and you're getting so much of your PAC news from facts about PACs, creativity really abounds. But when you get creative in the PAC space, you've got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And Wiley Law has come through with a cautionary tale for folks. Tell us about it. We talked a lot about in this work from home period, you know, not being able to be face to face with your employees and member organizations and really encouraging our members to get creative and how they uh, reach out to their uh, restricted class. And many of our companies have for a long time, but really in these last couple of months have looked to, as we've talked about their pack match program, uh, also have looked at raffles and sweepstakes to fit online raffles and sweepstakes to continue to engage with their members. And as you said, this is really a cautionary tale. Uh, while not PAC related, there was uh, in late May, the Kansas City Star ran a story alleging that the U.S. Senate candidate had violated state law by raffling Kansas City Chiefs jersey signed by Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes. So really, I guess everybody's probably wondering what's the problem, but the fact of the matter is uh, state gambling laws apply to all types of entities, not just campaigns. And so apparently a raffle conducted by an entity other than a qualifying nonprofit is considered an illegal lottery under Kansas law. This is true in most states, including the District of Columbia. And so if you are 
looking to engage in some sort of raffle or sweepstakes for your PAC campaign, be sure to review those state laws before planning uh, these fundraising contests. Yeah. Hashtag facts. About PACs. <laughs> about PACs. And if you have questions about anything, our legal counsel, Jan Baird at Wiley Ryan, is always available to help you out with some of these frequently asked questions about your PAC operations and what's allowed and what's not. So definitely shoot us an email if that's something we can help you with. Yeah, campaigns are finding a higher gear. Time is suddenly short. Fundraising is back in play. And compliance is everything. You want to do it well. You want to do it right. The National Association of Business Political Action Committees is here to support all of our members, the resources, the toolkits. They're on the website. These webinars and the seminars help keep everybody on the idea of best practices. And like you just said, Michaela, sometimes the cautionary tale is the one that sticks in our mind, and that's why we share it on the Facts About Facts. Absolutely. So with that, happy 4th of July to everyone, and, and really a big thank you to all of our listeners and to everyone out there using the hashtag Facts About Packs. Rock on. Until next week, stay safe, stay engaged, and as always, keep moving forward.